What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cast from the Crypt, the comedy podcast where I, CJ Roby, watch every episode of Tales from the Crypt for the very first time. And we talk about it. We talk a bunch of shit. We learn some things about the 90s and uh, we just have a good time. (sighs) But you know what? I haven't been having that great of a time this past week because I couldn't get my damn playstation i couldn't i couldn't get it i waited i waited until the day that they said that all the pre-orders are gonna come out and i stayed up and it was i was on there at 12 o'clock midnight but nope Mm -mm. oh what no we're not we're not pre-ordering playstations it's fine don't even worry about it you're definitely gonna get one on launch day so everything's Everything's just bad. Although, you know, maybe I should just save $500 to, like, I don't know, upgrade my PC or something so that I can make the, so I could bring the level of this podcast to maybe around, like, halfway decent. <laughs> but, you know what? We're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep on rolling with what we got. And what we got today is a hilarious episode it is it is absolutely incredible this is one of the ones that i really wish that i had a guest on to to talk about this episode with because i i want everyone to see this i i just want i just want to actually be able to talk to somebody about this crazy ass show because this one was absolutely ridiculous this is definitely my favorite episode of the series so far it's it's it has everything. It's great. It's just amazing. Uh, today's episode is season two, episode ten, the ventriloquist dummy. It came out on June fifth, nineteen ninety, and it's about you know what? It's about the 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 pressures of entertaining. And the and Hollywood living the the life under the big glamorous lights. You know what? Sometimes it really gets to you, especially if you're hiding a dark family secret that <laughs> will that will ruin everything that you've built if anyone ever finds out. And believe me, at some point they will. This episode is so great because it is. It, it, it's held up by comedy legends. Honestly, everybody who worked on this episode was a legend, which is probably why it was so great. Like I said, it has everything. It has everything. And that's mostly because of the crew that worked on it. And we're going to talk about them right now in the episode's top five credits. So the top five credits of this episode are absolute heavy hitters. This is this is one of the episodes where it's just like, oh, they just pulled out all the stops. They got everybody for it. Everyone they could have just been like, oh, you're amazing. Come come help us out with this episode. They were just like, yeah, sure, definitely. Number five. Ugh, okay, all right. Let's let's just start it off. Number five. 
Number five is Miles Goodman, who composed this episode, did all the music for it. Uh, he He's done a lot of music, but the two big ones that I pulled from his IMDb page were Teen Wolf and Little Shop of Horrors. The the Rick Moranis Little Shop of Horrors, not the uh, not the original one that I watched on what uh, it, this was this was a couple of months ago. But I watched the original one. I co-hosted a movie night with Fiftieth Street Studios. Go watch that video; it was hilarious. I didn't know that this was a uh, that this was a remake, but he did the music for the remake. He was the one who wrote. Feed me, Seymour! He did all of it. Number four is Frank Darabont. And I was floored when I saw this name. Because I I, I knew the name and I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I've seen this name so many times. Why have I seen this name so many times? Come to find out that the reason that we all know Frank Darabont is probably because we all watched at least a little bit of The Walking Dead, which he's the creator and writer of. Uh, not not the creator of the comic that was uh, uh, Robert Kirkman, but he's he's the one who put the show together and he's written all of it. And it's, I mean, come on, this is, I I don't even know, I don't even think that this episode was one of his, like, first credits. I think he was already going. Yeah, no, he definitely was, because he also wrote the 88 Blob remake and Nightmare on Elm Street 3. This guy is already, before this, he was already, like, linked in to some actual horror shit. And, and then, what? This dude wrote Shawshank and the Green Mile. Like, come on. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that he was the writer of Shawshank and the Green Mile. And then he also did, if any Indiana Jones fans out there, because he did, like, everything involving the adventures of young Indiana Jones. All of it. All of it was him. This this list is already crazy. But it gets even crazier with number three. Greg Canham. Greg Canham does the special effects in this episode, and there's only really one special effect in this episode, but no, there's two, and he really kills it. He really kills it, I, at least on the first one. The second one, the second one's got some room for improvement, but you know what? It gets the point across. <laughs> uh, he was the sound, or er, he was the special effects guy for a just an assload of awesome movies. What first jumped out at me, he was the special effects makeup guy on The Mask. Come on. He he made The Mask. He made both Mask movies, but don't don't worry about Son of the Mask. He made The Mask. Uh he also did the makeup for Benjamin Button, uh the Thriller. He was on Thriller. He was making the zombies on Thriller. I mean, come on, if that's not already, like, he's got horror chops. He did Keanu Reeves' Dracula, he did Blade, uh, one of my favorite movies, Idle Hands, I love Idle Hands, it is one of the stupidest, just, I, it was, listen, I loved stupid stoner comedies way before I was even a stoner, and he also did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which I saw in theaters, for some reason, because there was no reason for me to do that. 
Number two. Now, number one and number two are the main characters of this episode. And it's uh, it's so hard to like to rank them against each other because they're both legends. But you know what? For for this list, and this list is in no specific order other than the top five order. You know, don't don't worry about it. Okay, all right, don't worry about it. You can still work with me. I don't love you any less. Um, but number two is Bobcat Goldweight, who is a like I said. A comedy legend. Like, he's he's done so much stand-up. He's a writer and director for a bunch of people's comedies, specials, and series, and all this other shit. He's a voice actor all over the place on a bunch of comedic animated stuff. Uh, he's best known for the screaming guy in Police Academy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Zed. He's in, he's in most of the Police Academy movies. I don't think he's in the first one. Um, he was also on, he was also in Scrooged. I think he was the, uh, uh, Tiny Tim's dad. I always forget his stupid ass name. I know Scrooge and Tiny Tim from that, uh, morality tale. Um, but Bobcat Goldthwait is, you, you know him, you've seen him. Hilarious dude. And number one. Number one to top Bobcat Goldthwait. And I only put him as number one because of seniority, okay? He's he's had a major effect on the comedy scene f- for years and years and years. But number one is somebody we all should know. Don Rickles. Oh my god. Don Rickles is in this episode. I I didn't even when I started this episode I saw his face on the on the thumbnail I was like fucking Don Rickles is in this episode it was it's yeah I, I'm telling you everything about this is fantastic if you don't know Don Rickles he is a huge stand up legend uh, best known for his crowd work and just tearing people down in the audience just hilarious he was he was a roast master on a for a bunch of celebrities he was on all the late night shows he's just been pumping out comedy for decades i i mean he he died in 2017 and it was a major loss because he was working up until he was an old old man uh but he's also the voice of mr potato head if anyone was really like wondering you know why they knew that voice it's mr potato head uh he he came up doing a bunch of like uh uh of those really old sitcoms too like i love lucy and i dream of genie gilligan's island shit like that sanford and sons so he's been he's always been like around and on tv and stuff in some way or another no LA law people in this episode this time though. I guess I guess LA law didn't have the pull to get crazy people like this. They could just get everyone else in the fucking world. So here it is. Season 2 episode 10, The Ventriloquist Dummy. Uh the beginning of this episode is the Crypt Keeper 
he he receives a nice little package from the Hackme Novelty Corporation. Come on, Hackme? What is this? Is this in Looney Tunes canon? I I would love to see the Crypt Keeper just like hanging out with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd and shit. It, Looney Tunes would get so dark. Like I I could just see it, the whole rabbit season, duck season thing, but then like he. Uh, Elmer Fudd just ends up killing himself afterwards, and it's just like, ah, well, you should have been a vegetarian. <laughs> that was the moral of this story. <laughs> like, I can, I can definitely see it happening. And the the he he takes the dummy out, and he does like a little routine thing. I don't know what the dummy actually calls him. The the dummy calls him like Scat Breath or something, <laughs> and he just throws him into the fire. <laughs> Because, as we all know, the Crypt Keeper's a little bitch who can't take it just like he gives it. So, the episode opens on a ventriloquist act. And it's Don Rickles upstage just killing it. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's just roaring with laughter. They're just like, oh my god, this is the funniest puppet I've ever seen in my life! And there's a little kid in there, and he just... Big old glasses, old chubby boy, just having the best time in the world. So, I, I'm not entirely sure how much of this episode was ad-libbed by Don Rickles and uh, Bobcat. They, like, there's a lot of stuff. There's Some of the crown work in the opening scene definitely feels like it's just uh, him doing his Don Rickles thing. <laughs> He's like, hey, fat boy in the back, you better be laughing. Ah! Like, uh, it's it's very Don Rickles. I don't think that he had other people write that for him. After the show, the little kid comes up and gets his autograph, and he's like, I want to be a ventriloquist just like you when I grow up. <laughs> and his mom is in the back, just like, shut the fuck up, you're going to be a doctor. <laughs> his mom is such an asshole. <laughs> was, no, no, you're not going to follow your dreams. You're going to be a doctor just like your dad failed to be. Uh, Don Rickles gets back to his dressing room. His, his name is Mr. Ingalls. They just call him Mr. Ingalls, no first name. So I'm just going to call him Don Rickles. Uh, Don Rickles gets back to the dressing room, and he's talking to a showgirl about them going on a little date, and she's, like, flirting with him and flirting with the... And the dummy is just like, oh, yeah, Toots, we're going to have a great time. She's like, oh, he's so cute, and you're not too bad looking yourself, and... So I'm I'm pretty sure that she's going to fuck him and the dummy. It's going to be like a weird puppet threesome, which I'm pretty sure is how all ventriloquists have sex. They just, uh, yeah, I, I need the puppet to be here too. <laughs> but the puppet is like, oh yeah, that's like, we're, we're going to go out. But Don, Don Rickles actually says no. He's, he's like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. But the puppet's just like, oh yeah, you're not tired. Come on, man, we we can do this. And he <laughs> angrily flips the puppet away. He's like, don't look at me. <laughs> after that. So immediately after that, it cuts to, like, it cuts to the outside of the building, but everyone's just like, oh, God, there's a fire. And apparently the little kid lives, like, right next door to this <laughs> to this venue. So he he's in his room, and he's looking at his autograph. He's practicing ventriloquism. And uh, his mom tells him to turn off the lights. She's lights out. 
He, he goes, okay. And like, as he's leaning over to do what he's told, she's like, God, God damn it. I said lights out. <laughs> just, I don't know why all the parents are just such douchebags in this show. Every time there's a parent, there's some asshole, like the little, the little boy who, uh, who shot the arrow at, um, what's his, what's his face in the, in the one about the circus guy who couldn't die. He, his dad just like, yeah, pff, go, go on, do it, son, be a man, shoot this man with an arrow. <laughs> so the kid witnesses the whole thing from his bedroom, and then it does kind of a flash forward, well, not kind of a flash forward, and then it flashes forward 15 years to somebody coming up a driveway. Turns out, it's the little kid. He's all grown up into Bobcat Goldthwait, and he's got his own little puppet, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm been trying to meet miss john rickles for years you're my idol he's like practicing what he's gonna say to him uh on the way to the door and he knocks on the door with <laughs> he knocks on the door with the puppet and don rickles just kind of pops out he's like what who are you what do you want he's like i'm a ventriloquist too hey you're my hero <laughs> but don rickles isn't having it uh eventually though he'll he lets bobcat in they chop it up for a little bit about the ventriloquist scene and old times and uh, Bobcat goes over. His name is Billy. They call him Billy. Bobcat. Bobcat goes over to the case that the that Morty, Don Rickles' puppet is in. And Don Rickles says, no, no, don't, don't touch that. You stay away from there. And then Bobcat finds a newspaper clipping of the fire 15 years ago. And the clipping says that after the fire, the showgirl died and Don Rickles got his hand all fucked up. He, he messed up his puppeteering hand. And the, the whole time that you see him, he has like a big cloth over his hand to, I guess, keep the, keep the mystery, keep the magic of what that hand do. Don says he's not entirely sure how the fire even started. Um... And he, it ruined him. He injured his hand. And Bobcat's like, why don't you do the left hand? He's like, no, no, the right hand's where the magic is. But even though Don Rickles has just been just not having any of this dude's bullshit all day, he invites him to his next show, which I've, I've got some questions about this invitation. But he, he invites him to his show, and Don Rickles says that he'll, he'll think about it. And the show is, like, some... I don't know, it's... Look, it's not an open mic, okay? I'll just say that. I don't. I think it's some talent show or something that's just held in some, like, hotel banquet room or some shit. I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. The, f the first act is, uh, is a lady in sequins doing Camp Town races... And the next act is a ventriloquist. And then after him is, like, one of the, the glass spinner cup music people. So I don't know what is up with this lineup. Who booked this show? Was it was it the dude in the back? Because I, I'm not entirely sure what's what's going on. So Billy's, Billy's up next. He's pushed out onto stage. And uh, he's... 
already looking terrible. Already, as soon as he gets onto the stage, he, he's sweaty and nervous and just a, just a mess. Absolutely, entirely. And he proceeds to just fuck the whole show up. As soon as he sits down, his puppet's head falls off. The, the whole thing is just coming apart immediately. Everybody hates him. And everyone's just just jeering him and booing him. And he's just like, uh, um, hey, everybody, there's someone special in the audience. He just throws Don Rickles under the bus immediately, just trying to name drop and give himself some cred. Just, and no one gives a fuck about this guy. And Don Rickles just leaves. He, he's just like, I'm not being part of this. Do not speak my name when you're doing this sort of travesty. Absolutely not. So he goes off and he gets a drink. He's met at the bar by uh, just a random hooker who asks him to buy her a drink, but he chews her off. And Billy comes in and he's like, uh, how did I do, man? <laughs> No, Billy's Billy's over there just all sad and depressed, and Don Rickles immediately is just like, hey man, uh, you should probably just look for a different line of work, man. It, this isn't this isn't gonna work out for you, man. You gotta find another business. Um, but Don Don feels for the guy. You know, like he everybody everybody had a bad show. But, like, it's, I'm, I still, I don't know if this is, like, this guy's first show, if all of his shows are like this, or if this was just, you know, a bad one. Who knows? We, do, we don't know. All we know about this guy is that he's always wanted to be a ventriloquist, not how long he's been practicing. Uh, so, he takes off to go be sad about his puppet, and Don... It, it gives, like, a close-up of Don Rickles' face for a second, and he's just like, oh, oh, oh. and then all of a sudden, he's all into the into the hooker, so he goes to buy her a drink. Billy's shown just walking off. He's out in, like, a park or something, just being like, man, you're never going to be a ventriloquist. You suck. Ah. And he throws his puppet, and he hears a scream nearby. So, uh, and I definitely thought, with the, the timing of it, I thought that the puppet started screaming when he threw, <laughs> when he threw it at the trash can. But he goes and he discovers a car with a just slid open lady in it. Uh, unfortunately, she, like, she's just all bloody on the seat and everyone's just like, oh god, oh no, what's happened here? And, uh... He runs over there, he's like, oh, it smells like gas, everybody, everybody move back, don't light any cigarettes, which was, was a pretty random, I, I thought it was a, just a very random thing to throw out there, oh god, it smells like gas, and everybody's saying that, oh, some old man did this, I saw him, I saw him run off, so, uh, Billy, I guess he recognizes the hooker, because the, like, maybe he would have spotted her in the corner of the bar or something, but he wasn't there when she started hitting on Don Rickles. So he, it's it's a weird connection to make. She could have been anyone, but uh, he's he immediately goes after Don Rickles. He's like, oh shit, I know it was I know it was him. I gotta go. So he busts into his house and he sees him shooting up uh, morphine into his arm, and <laughs> he's just like, ah. 
Ah, oh, so is this it? You, you druggy bitch. You fucking, you're nothing but a junkie. And, uh, and Don tells him, no, no, look, it wasn't me. I didn't do any of it. I didn't, I didn't do that tonight, and I didn't set that fire 15 years ago. It was all Morty. He's the one behind all of this. And, of course, Billy, Billy's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Morty's not real. And Don, Don's just like, no, he's real, and he hates women, because he, he can't have them like I can. So, obviously, Billy's... Billy is not down with this nonsense. He's like, all right, I'll show you. Look, he's not real. He goes to grab the case, and while he's while he's digging through the case, and he finds uh, he finds Morty's body, but there's no head. There's just, like, a mask in there. And T- Don Rickles is coming up behind him with a cleaver, about to open this fool up. And he goes after, he goes after Bobcat, and they're fighting for a second, and, uh, and Don Rickles is like, oh, you think I'm crazy, huh? You think I'm hearing voices or something? They tell me to do things? You know what? You, I'm not crazy. You know why? Because Morty's real. And he, he, Bobcat looks at the mask again and the, the headless body. He's like, yeah, yeah, you, you didn't know that, did you? He's, he's not just a puppet. He's my fucking brother. <laughs> and he takes the glove off of his hand. And there's just a big head with little arms. And it's, <laughs> it's the funniest, weirdest, sickest thing that I have seen from this show so far. I was absolutely losing my mind. Because I, <laughs> you would think, that it's just like, oh, the dummy's haunted, and it's real, and it goes out and kills people, and it, like, controls him, or whatever. No. Absolutely not. The... <laughs> it's his... It's his brother. They're conjoined twins. That's why it was so lifelike and realistic. Because it's just his weird fetus brother's head just covered up by a puppet body and a mask. That's where the magic happened. And, uh... <laughs> and, and Morty is the best character in this, in this whole thing. Morty's amazing. The, the fir- as soon as he's revealed it, they, here's Morty! You know, like... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my goodness. It was, it's, it's incredible. It's fantastic. Morty's hilarious. But his the the whole thing is that Don Rickles has been injecting morph- morphine to keep Morty drugged up so that he couldn't cause any more problems. But now he's now he's just becoming more powerful than ever. He he went to he went to a ventriloquist show and it reminded him too much of the old days when his hand used to just murder people. So he he had to he had to take off, but not before you know his hand murdered someone. And while the, and they start fighting again, Morty's like, "Kill him! Get him!" And uh, the whole time, Morty's just talking hella shit. He's just like, "Oh, I'm the one who did all of this. I'm the one who came up with all the jokes. I fucking talked to the people on the phone to book the venues. I did everything. You're the the whole entertainment business is because of me." And um, and you know, he's always just been jealous for not really being able to profit off of it. Uh, Don Rickles has Bobcat down on the ground. He's got the cleaver up, 
And Morty's just like, do it! Do it! And right before he does, he goes for Morty instead. He rolls off of him and pins his own arm down and then just starts hacking away at his arm. And there it is. He's free. And it was... It's a it's a great moment because <laughs> it's great. Uh, while he's while he's chopping his hand off, Morty's ah, oh, what are you doing? And I'm splitting up the act. It's like God, did did the Crypt Keeper actually have a writing credit on this? Did was he part of that joke? But he did it. He's free. He's he's defeated Morty. He cut his hand off, and now he can be his own man. Bob comes over to help him out, and he's like, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll call an ambulance, you know, we'll, we'll get out of here. But before he can even do that, Morty shows back up. He's like, oh, no, I'm the one that's free now. And he just, just fucking goes after Don Rickles, comes up, bites out his throat. That dude's toast. Just runs away. Bobcat grabs a bat and he's just swinging wildly trying to get this fucking freak of nature that's just talking the most shit the whole time just wrecking this fool and uh he finally he finally catches him off guard hits a hits a wooden plank that shoots him up and he cracks him right home run directly into the meat grinder And uh, I I love I love the whole meat grinder sequence just because that there's so much like action packed like wacky like pacing and then everything just slows down. He's like, oh God, man, you're killing me! Come on, bro! What are you? Do? Not the meat grinder! Come on, bro! I'll do anything to get out of this shit! Come on! And uh, Bobcat's like, oh, you'll do anything, huh? Because he wants a little piece of that magic. So, they team up. And the next thing you know, they're doing a huge show. It's like Vegas or something. Bobcat's looking all schnazzy. He's got a fedora on. And they're killing it just like Don Rickles was before. Morty's Morty's the best. But, um, but you know, Morty can't be controlled. Morty can't be contained. Some chick walks in, and he's just like, oh, shit, hubba, hubba, who's this? How you doing? And Bobcat's just like, fucking stay on the script, goddammit. We we had a deal. And Morty's like, yeah, yeah, we had a deal, huh? Well, you know what? The deal is changed. And Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait gets his chance to do his signature Bobcat scream, because he's just on stage, just like, ah, ah, ah. While, while Morty is fusing onto this guy's hand, he throws the puppet away, and then it's just like a weird mashup of his arm and his fingers, and Morty just fused into it, and he's like, yeah, now, now what are you gonna do, bitch? So, Morty wins this one. It all, (laughs) it all works out for Morty. And, uh, and that's just how the episode ends. And I was like, how, how do they keep going? They just kept ramping it up and up as soon as Morty was revealed. And they, they blew away every expectation that I had from this stupid episode. And then Morty just wins. 
He just wins. He just gets out of it. And Bobcat Goldweight is stuck with a crazy hand that's not even his brother. I don't understand what kind of powers that Morty has because he was he was born on that dude's hand. But now all of a sudden he can meld flesh and and just assimilate into people. This is that's the most horrifying thing. Like, is he just gonna detach himself from Bobcat at some at some point, and then go after someone else to fuse into their body? Is this the start of an Akira-type Tetsuo situation, where he's just gonna start molding into a giant fucking mass of flesh and become all-powerful? <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll get a follow-up episode one of these days. But until then, the Crypt Keeper just does all the fucking jokes that you would expect. Uh, ah, that's the way to get ahead in the entertainment industry and everybody give him a hand and all that shit. So, you know what? We're, we're just going to move on from the Crypt Keeper's bullshit. And we're going to talk about the comic versus the show. The Ventriloquist Dummy is an old witch story from Tales from the Crypt number 28. Um, it's actually quite different from the episode. Um, they they did they did a lot. I guess man, I, I don't even know what the I, I guess they had to like make room for Don Rickles and Bobcat Goldweight to do their thing. I like I'm not entirely sure about how the production of Tales from the Crypt works if they if they have a story in mind and then they build around that or if they like have like oh okay who are we putting into this episode oh okay it's these people what what comic can we pull from in order to like make them shine you know like oh like what what would be a good character for them to play who knows or maybe they just have like a huge list of all of the stories, and it's just like, okay, we'll just cut out these ones that wouldn't make for any good TV, and then we've got our list. So now that we have our list, we can just hire people and then just hit the dartboard as to whichever episode we're going to make. But regardless, it's a hugely different comic than it is the episode. Number one is that the narrator, so there's a narrator, uh, and it's not Billy. Uh, it's not a, it's not a longtime fan or his idol or something. The narrator in the comic is a former agent of Ingalls, of Don Rickles. Uh, in, in this, his name is Charles Jerome. It's not Ingalls. So uh, he's, he's Charles's former agent. He shows up and he offers him a job. Uh, he's like, oh, you've been you've been retired for so long. I'm I'm like a big deal now, and I thought about you to get on this show. Blah blah blah. They actually mention the the glove. It's not just kind of like a thing that is going on. Cause in the show, they never really like paid any mind. They never really pay attention to it until the way end where he takes it off. It was more of like a visual gag than anything. It was a visual thing. But um, they actually, he actually mentions, he's like, oh, well, ever since I've known you, you've always kept your hand in the glove, blah, blah, blah. There's a big flashback sequence. So instead of a 15-year flash forward, there's a flashback 
talking about what happened on his last show where it sets up the whole, um, you know, Morty kills the girls because he's jealous. In the paper, after it happens, it says that, oh, like, this this woman was killed by a bunch of like tiny cuts. She was she was chewed up like a like a army of rats got to her or something. Which is like what is that? Is that really the best? <laughs> is that the best excuse you can come up with? Ah, must have been a a whole swarm of rats that got this girl. You know you know how this chick is related to Kenny. Uh, but Charles accepts the job. Uh, and. He's he's at the show. Morty's doing his thing. You know, he's just like, oh, hey, toots. Like, oh, wow, this this chick in the crowd, blah, blah, blah. So it's just setting him up to be like, oh, he's the one that did it. After the show, his agent uh, comes back to go congratulate Charles because it was a great show. And he hears Charles and Morty arguing. Uh, and he's just like, oh damn, this guy really is crazy. And then he goes out and he finds the the chick from the audience that uh, that Morty was hitting on, finds her dead. So he's just like, oh shit, this was the one that Morty was hitting on. It, Charles must have killed her. So he goes back and busts into Charles' room. But he doesn't find him. He's not, uh, he's not shooting morphine up uh, in, in the comic. He just, he's just gone. And he goes through the suitcase that Morty's in, and he finds the headless dummy, and he finds makeup. It's not a mask in this one. He finds just regular makeup. But he hears Charles run, so he goes after him. He, he chases after him, runs into an Italian chef who's just like, Oh, he took him a knife. Uh, oh, hey. <laughs> and and like it's written out like that. He's like, he take him a knife. But... He hears a commotion nearby in some bushes and then runs into Charles fighting Morty. Uh, he gets there right as he cuts his hand off. So he's he's just laying there, no hand. Dude walks up and he sees Morty's head. He sees the head of Charles's brother and it's all just disgusting and... You know, it's it's laying next to him, and he's like, oh, shit, what the fuck happened here? What is this? And then uh, the whole explanation of, oh, Morty's my brother. Uh, he, he takes over my body when I'm asleep. So that's kind of a new wrinkle of Morty's powers that they didn't... Uh that they didn't expand on in the episode. But, yeah, he's like, oh, he controls me as I sleep, so now I'm finally free of him. And the agent's like, okay, all right, cool. That's a batshit insane story, but you know what? I'm just gonna go get you some help. But by the time he comes back with the ambulance, dude's been ripped open by Morty's head, and they're just like, oh, man, it, it he was killed as if he was attacked by a swarm of rats. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, completely different than, than the ap- actual episode. And uh, I guess they just really wanted to play Bobcat and Don Rickles, like, well against each other. Because if 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 it was Bobcat and, like, Don Rickles was his old agent or something, I don't know, it would be, it'd be weird. Although, I feel like, I feel like Bobcat Goldwaite could have done a really funny Morty voice. <laughs> if the roles were switched, it would have been really interesting. So, that's it for this week's episode. 
Uh, that is all I got for you. Thanks for listening and hanging out. Uh, I know that the episode was a bit late, but we're doing it on Thursdays now. We're, we're starting it on Thursdays. Uh, those are That's my new day off, so I, I'm just going to put it out then. But before we go, I got one more thing for you, and that's actually I got two things for you. Stick around afterwards for a little bonus content. But uh, I got one final thing, which is the Shriek of the Week. So our Shriek of the Week this week, I have been watching the Castlevania show on Netflix, and it is so badass. I love it. I'm absolutely in love with this show. Normally, I'm I'm not a big fan of Netflix anime because of their stupid, like, weird 2D, 3D mix blend of weird animation that just makes everything look all stupid. But Castlevania is dope as shit. It's... it's really super awesome uh i just finished season two so now i'm getting into season three but i highly recommend it for everybody uh just go watch it it's bloody it's hilarious sometimes like they do really great work with the characters and it's just fantastic hands down five five out of five all right folks that is it for me uh i'm taken off but you can always keep up with me on Twitter and Twitch. And that's going to be at CJ Demoka. C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. You can find me there. You can find me doing a bunch of random nonsense and promoting this show. Um, all right, folks. Thanks again for listening. I uh, Next week, we got some more ridiculousness in store because that episode is just so dumb. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Stick around for a little bit of bonus content. Uh, I watched this with my buddy Hugh, and we got really drunk, and we talked about it. So I'm just going to throw in some jokes at the end here. All right, folks, take it easy, and uh, stay spooky. I don't know if this is like if he's a trained ventriloquist who's just having a super shitty show no, or if this see, is literally his first show we're meant to that assume he drove at the same three time. hours yeah. to go meet his idol to go to meet Don Rickles to tell him to come see his first show he somehow managed to just find <laughs> Don Rickles himself Mr. Potato <laughs> whatever Mr. Dummy Man he finds him magically drives out and finds him, but he's also never, like, ever once taken a puppet on stage. Nope. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a ventriloquist, but also, I haven't been a ventriloquist yet. But also, you're my idol and the best ventriloquist, my... so please come see my, fir my very first show. And my entire life's goal is to perform on stage, yet I've never once thought <laughs> of the potential of what dealing with a heckler would be like. <laughs> uh, Morty, I don't know. <laughs> Morty, uh, don't hurt him. Uh, he doesn't know. Uh, Morty, it doesn't matter. Uh, anything, nothing matters because 
Morty, don't, don't do it. We'll just uh, send him to another dimension. Because uh, look at Rick. Uh, it doesn't matter, Morty. It doesn't matter if you... I heard him, Morty. He's not real. He's not real, Morty. He's not real, Morty. Nah, nothing's real, Morty. Right into the meat grinder. Oh, not the meat grinder! Not the meat grinder! This is not a conversation to have with me while I'm drunk. And <laughs> imagine I'm smart. Uh, <laughs> imagine I'm actually describing cinematography. Mm -hmm. And I'm not oh, shit-talking CGI, because that's oh, fuck. also Could a Could you imagine thing. a CGI Crypt Keeper in, no. like, the... A 2020 Tales from the Crypt with a CGI. No! Stop talking! Okay, here it goes. Oh my god.